Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. Xylazine is a drug that can cause serious life-threatening effects in people, and recently this substance has been found in street drugs in Central New York. So I'm talking with Dr. Ross Sullivan to learn more about Xylazine. He's an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Upstate and director of medical toxicology. Welcome back to The Informed Patient, Dr. Sullivan. Hi, good morning. Nice to be here. Xylazine was in the news recently, and it may have been the first time many people heard of it. Is Xylazine a new medication, or is it just new to the central New York area? Well, it's probably just newer to our area. Um, In fact, those of us who kind of work in this field, we've really noticed it actually here probably over a year ago now, kind of creeping in from, you know, geographically um, from, you know, other areas in the Northeast. However, the last few months to six months, particularly more recently, though, we've noticed it to really start becoming a larger problem. So it is newer. We have kind of been monitoring already over the, maybe the past year, but it's certainly exploded recently. Xylazine, does it have other names? You know, on the street, they might call it something like Trank. Um, yeah, I guess short for like a Tranquil or something like this. We hear that name quite a bit or Sleep Dope or something like this. Um, but, you know, we mostly call it Xylazine, but there's a lot of words for it on the street. We probably don't even really know all of them. Uh, Trank, though, probably is the most is the most popular one. So is there a therapeutic use for xylazine in humans? No, not in humans. You know, it's it's used as a veterinary medicine in large animals. I'm going to cause a sedation, right? So as a, it's a sedative in the uh, veterinary medicine. So unfortunately, it has similar effects in people too. And so the drug suppliers are somehow getting their hands on the veterinary medicine and mixing it with other drugs? I mean, nobody's out on the street looking for this to buy just this, right? Right. To the best of our knowledge, we don't think people are purchasing drugs that have xylazine in it. And in fact, most people, when they tell us, they have no idea. Um, you know, so why it's in there, we really don't know. You know, sometimes it's a, it's a bulking agent, but we do know that it will make someone be sedate for a long period of time. Um, and, you know, we're not sure if that would be desirable. It probably really isn't. So it is put in there probably unknowingly to the, to the uh, people who use drugs, and which makes our drug supply, which is already unsafe, even more unsafe. Well, I wanted to ask you what it does in the body, and I imagine it depends on how it's ingested, right? So, so it can be inhaled or injected? Yeah, I mean, these things are probably can be inhaled or injected, you know, almost like any drug. A lot of the effects we're seeing locally are from people injecting it. But the effects would be probably be similar in, in, in the human body. And what it does is it causes a profound sleepiness. You know, we say almost coma-like. It's an anesthetic, right? So you'd be sleeping. It lowers your heart rate quite a bit too. Um, it'd be very difficult to arouse. So why it's dangerous is, you know, if you have a really low heart rate, you are in a coma, um, maybe even slows your breathing. And when you add that to something with fentanyl, which is what this is almost always mixed with, fentanyl, of course, also causes, you know, maybe coma, so to speak, and uh, decreased in no breathing. So when you mix these two things together, you know, we're, what we're having is a real deadly combination. 
And fentanyl's been a problem. We've talked with you about that in the past as well. That's another illegal drug that's showing up in in drugs. People don't expect it to be there, but it is. Yeah, exactly. We're to a point now where, you know, our heroin supply is probably 80% or greater fentanyl, right? So it's it's almost expected. It is expected. We know it's here. I mean, it's also in a great degree in a lot of other drugs that people are using. We know that it's been found in a cocaine supply, uh, maybe some methamphetamine supply. So, um, you know, it's to the point now where it should be expected in, in our community. You know, if someone's using an illicit drug that it has a potential or a probability of having um, fentanyl in it. So how fast does xylazine take action once it's ingested? Well, we think the xylazine works pretty quickly. It's pretty potent or powerful. Um, and when it's, uh, let's say, injected, it probably just takes several minutes really to start working. Um, but it lasts much longer than fentanyl. So not only do you have a combined, you know, sedation or coma from fentanyl and the xylazine, but the xylazine also acts a lot longer. So when someone may be waking up or recovering from the fentanyl, um, now they're having a much even longer prolonged sedation. So the chance of somebody stopping breathing, the chances of someone having a, a problem to a really low breathing or low heart rate, it's just really not only is it combined, but it's also now prolonged. And this is why people are, you know, are still dying. I mean, people are still dying mostly from fentanyl, but now we're trying to understand better. How does the xylazine also playing a role in this? Most of the deaths from opioids have fentanyl in it and, and still not xylazine, most of them, but we're seeing now xylazine be part of the equation now. So certainly fentanyl in and of itself is still very deadly on its own, but we have this other bad actor now coming into our supply. How does xylazine affect the cocaine or the heroin? You know, if a person is is purchasing cocaine to use, but it has xylazine in it, does that affect how the cocaine works? Um, no, I mean, the drugs themselves still work the same. I'm not too sure if we've seen xylazine in cocaine yet. It, it's possible that it could be in cocaine in the future. I don't think we've really seen too much of that. Well, we've seen it really in the heroin and fentanyl. So the heroin and fentanyl, or even the cocaine, theoretically, would all still be working it, itself the same. But then you have this extra added, you know, drug in it, which is just causing a whole other host of problems. You know, so you have the drug doing its, its own work, which could be deadly. And then you have another drug doing its work, which also can be deadly. You're listening to Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith. My guest is Dr. Ross Sullivan, an emergency physician and director of medical toxicology at Upstate. Can naloxone or Narcan reverse an overdose with xylazine in it? It does not reverse xylazine at all. They're very different drugs. Xylazine is not an opioid. It works completely differently. But the, the big message we tell everyone is to keep giving the naloxone and Narcan because it's still in the fentanyl. You still have to reverse the fentanyl portion of an overdose. Because remember, like I said a little bit before, fentanyl is still the deadlier, deadliest illicit drug in our area. And since we know the xylazine is predominantly or only mixed right with fentanyl, you still have to give it to take the fentanyl away. And you might give it, and someone might not look like they're waking up, but maybe they're breathing again. And so when people are saying things like, well, the the naloxone's not working. It is most likely working, but well, you'll still be sleeping from the xylazine. So that's why we say, look at the breathing if you can. I know that everyone's trained to do this, but 
you know, someone's breathing again, their chest going up and down. That that's what you need. You know, I mean, they might not wake up. They won't wake up if there's xylazine in it, but they'll probably start breathing again because you'll block the fentanyl with the Narcan. So still very important to still give. So if you can get them breathing again or feel secure that they are breathing, then maybe that will be what helps save them. Absolutely. Yep. That will be most likely what can and will save them. You know, obviously we want you to call 911 as well. So that's really important for people in the community. If you see this, if you happen to have naloxone with you or Narcan to spray the bottle in someone's nose, but still call 911. I mean, they might not wake up because of xylazine. So call 911, use Narcan if you've got it. Anything else that a person should do if they come upon someone who's overdosed? There's no way to really know what they've overdosed on. Oh, there's, there's really no way. Now, those are the two most important things, really. I mean, you could advocate for rescue breathing, but that's if you're comfortable. I understand not doing that. Rolling people on their side sometimes is important because, you know, we don't want people to, um, to maybe vomit and choke on their vomit, which is uh, also a big problem. But the main thing is call 911, give them the naloxone and Narcan, and let the 911 people who are trained come and take it from there. Those two things are the most important things. Is there any way to tell ahead of time, if you purchase an illegal drug, can you tell whether it has xylazine or fentanyl in it? Well, you know, we're really not there yet in terms of xylazine. There are some point of care, or, or I should say test strip that's being developed or is in early use in some parts in the country. I'm not aware of us having necessarily that capability locally yet. Certainly we don't at Upstate Hospital or the local addiction treatment centers, we don't have access to these xylazine test strips. What we do have access to in our community though are fentanyl test strips. And those are really important because again, there's a whole host of people that are using drugs that are not heroin. So people using methamphetamines and cocaine that don't want to be using fentanyl. And test strips are very important for those patients. They can get them a certain program for the county. The Upstate Bridge Clinic has them. Helio Health has them. I'm sure others do as well. But that's a really important tool that we have locally as well. Can you talk about the longer-term complications from xylazine? I've heard about skin ulcers and abscesses. Yeah, you know, the real long-term, we probably don't even know yet. But absolutely, one of the things we're seeing um, are these um, skin wounds, or I should say tissue wounds. It goes through the skin, right? It actually can go down into the tissue and sometimes down to the bone. It's not just necessarily even an infection. We use the word necrosis, which just really means tissue breakdown, right? And um, and it's not necessarily even due to an infection. It, infection might be part of it, but there's something about this drug, or maybe you know whatever it's in, that's causing damage locally, right to the tissue where the people are injecting. And over some time, they develop a very aggressive wound that's difficult to to treat. It's, it's difficult to treat wounds. I mean, think of it, maybe a little cut sometimes that you say, oh man, it's taking a long time to heal. You know, these can be this large, the size of a baseball or at the palm of someone's hand or larger on someone's arm, on their legs or anywhere, really. It's terrible, right? And the people who are using these don't, they don't want these, right? Of course, they don't, they don't, then these wounds cause terrible complications and infections and a lot of other problems. Again, we don't know exactly why, but it's causing damage locally and pretty terrible for the patient. Well, Dr. Sullivan, thank you so much for making time for this interview. Yeah, it's been my pleasure as always. My guest has been emergency physician, Dr. Ross Sullivan. He's director of medical toxicology at Upstate. 
The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine, brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.